You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, I am your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com. And with me, and he's back, is uh, Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, how is it going today? Joe, I was here yesterday. (laughs) But we like to have you back anyways. We like to make sure that uh, you know that you're welcome. I really hope that uh, that I didn't get like super angry yesterday without me knowing it and storming off. Did I do that and I just blacked out? <laughs> no, nah, you're good. All right, jeez, uh, you had me real worried for a moment there. What's uh, so the big thing in the news this week has been this whole Houston Astros thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah the 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 Houston Astros, the yeah. heroes, as right. I like to call them. I, I saw, I think it was just the other day, that uh, the the commish of the MLB, Rob Manfred. Manfred, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Manfred. Yeah, he's my Manfred. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but he sent a memorandum to all the MLB teams to say, like, hey, don't retaliate against my play, uh, against the Astros and, and throw beanballs at them. And I'm curious, because I kind of think they all deserve to get a ball right in the ribs. <laughs> Here's the thing. What did they do? They cheated, right? Absolutely. Who did they cheat to defeat? The Yankees and the Dodgers. I can't think of anything more noble than that, Joe. Cheating to beat the Yankees? (laughs) Isn't it weird how the Dodgers and Yankees have become sympathetic in this whole thing? No, they have not. They're the Yankees (laughs) and Dodgers. And let me tell you something. I'm a fan of the Twins, right? Yeah. I'm mad that my team didn't cheat to win the World Series. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe if they cheated, they would have been able to get out of the first round. Except the Twins are so behind the times, they'd be doing steroids still. They're probably honestly, <laughs> honestly, if this was a if this was a a Terry Ryan front office, he would probably be trying to send the uh, the Twins signals in Morse code. <laughs> He'd be trying to turn on the fans at the Metrodome still. It's uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like let's 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 do it. Let's cheat in 2020. I think everyone <laughs> should be able to cheat. Uh, I don't know. All right, do let's you get not, in... Do you not like it? Are you no, like vigorously no? Opposed I'm to not it? into cheating. No. But I also grew up playing sports, and so I have like this thing called integrity when it comes to competition. So here's the first way to succeed. I, I maybe think. maybe I've been indoctrinated and and groomed. Uh, but yeah, no, I don't like cheating. Not just to Joe, but everyone out there. The first lesson you need to learn in life to succeed is, do you have integrity? Why? Get rid of it. <laughs> All right, Tony, we have a gigantic mailbag to get through. Oh, so, do we? No, I'm I, just kidding. I really like having <laughs> giant mailbags. <laughs> All right, Tony. Uh, do you got a question right off the top here that we can get into? I mean, I suppose I have the question right here. Ooh, the question. From Wild for Chicklets. Who do you think are realistic candidates for the next head coach? Because remember, Joe, Bruce Boudreaux, not the head coach anymore. You don't say. Who's the coach now? Uh, Dean Evason, who you were not very impressed with judging off of Monday's episode. No, I was not. You were Um, like, that don't impress me much. No, yeah, he could be as good looking as Brad Pitt. He could be a rocket scientist, and I'd... You know, he's could have a nice car. He he wouldn't impress me much. So you got the lines, but have you got the touch? <laughs> All right. Um, well, I think 
Doug Waite is certainly on the short list. Um, Gerard Gallant is on that list. I don't know if he'd come to Minnesota. Um, but there's, I, I wonder if Peter Laviolette is really going to be considered high on there. And honestly, I wonder if with the way uh, that Iowa has performed, I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Army is on that list as well, who's the Iowa Wild head coach in the AHL. Are you maybe a little more reluctant to go with Tim Army when you saw like what happened with Mike Yo? I would say like Mike Yo seemed to kind of do what he did in kind of one good year. Seems like T- uh, Tim Army has kind of been able to con- mostly sustain kind of what he's done. Now, I totally understand like what you're getting at there, where maybe you go with uh, the uh, the guy in this in the uh, in the system that you're trying to give a shot, and maybe there's better candidates out there. I would say put him on the short list, but maybe don't necessarily, I wouldn't, he's got to blow you away. He's still got to be, a, you know, got to show that he's got the qualifications and, and blow you away in the, um, in the interview process as well. So, um, but I would say that put, put him on the list. Let it, sometimes guys just need a shot too. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at uh, Tim Army's history and looks like he was a, an assistant with, uh, with the Anaheim Ducks coached uh the portland pirates of the ahl uh providence college coached for several years in providence wasn't he milwaukee coach for a while too here's uh here's here's a good tidbit no everson no, was, was the milwaukee coach he was the video coach for the why not us avs really yeah <laughs> oh sad was- ryan o'reilly he was under Joe Sacco, Patrick Roy, and uh, Jared Bednar for a little. And, you know, Jared Bednar, real good coach. Like He's, he's... turned out to be really good, and he just needed a shot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I, I can see why. And, and of course, uh, he coached uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton for uh, for a year or two in the AHL. So he's got some experience all over the place. I wouldn't hate that. I would just be, like, a little bit nervous about... About uh, about maybe some lack of experience, especially with some veterans in the locker room. But you know, he is <laughs> sure. showing that he um, is developing pretty well, especially on the blue line. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we got plenty more questions I think ready to come up too. But uh, we're gonna get into our first break, and uh, we'll get into all of the uh, the mailbag questions here here on Locked On Wild. Welcome back to the show. It's Joe and Tony here on Locked On Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Some uh, housekeeping items. Uh, Fridays, we do our listener's choice segment. It is the uh, final week before the trade deadline. We know we got or you have all of your burning questions. We want you to get that in. We need topics. So uh, please send those in. You can send them in via Twitter and also to our inbox, LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Get those topics sent in. We appreciate your interaction with the show. Tony, we've got our mailbag here. We got more questions on the docket. Why don't you start rifling them on? Let's get them through. All right, let's do that. From Justin, this may be redundant, but seeing what some of these trades have brought in return, what could we see one in return for one of our D men, in your opinion? Mainly Dumb and Brodeen. The halls have been pretty extensive. Yeah, and I think that if you get a, I think you can get as big of a haul for either Brodeen or Dumba. I'm talking like NHL player prospect and a first round pick. 
Well, let's uh, let's touch on uh, let's touch on some of these hauls. You have the Blake Coleman trade, which included prospect center Callan Foot, I believe. Okay, it, it's either that or his brother. I can't remember. Uh, Adam Foot, Nolan Foot, Nolan Foot. That's it. There Callan's you go, the brother. Callan's defenseman, Nolan's yeah. center. Sorry. So uh, he was a late first round pick last year, and and is having a pretty good year in the WHL. Big boy, six foot four, uh, and a first round pick, Vancouver's first round pick. So it, there is a possibility that it might not be super late in the uh, in 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 the first round this year. So that could be more like a twentieth overall pick than the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is much more likely to be like twenty seven overall ish. Okay. So you have that, and uh, for Blake Coleman, who you know a good player, but I wouldn't say he's better than Zucker. Or anything. Okay. Um, actually, do we have a do we have a uh, full return on the Tyler to fully trade yet? Uh, I believe it was. That's um, gonna be John Madden's kid, right? Right. <laughs> no, no, the the hockey player John Madden. The John Madden that played for the Devils and for the Wild. Yeah, he's 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 John Madden's kid, the the hockey John Madden. Uh, the one that uh, played for the Devils and, and the Wild. Yep. So they got uh, they got Tim Schaller, who's like twenty nine. Uh, okay. Tyler Madden, who is a decent prospect. Uh, he's in his sophomore year at Northeastern University, and he's putting up uh, he's putting up a pretty good season there with nineteen goals in twenty seven games. And then uh, and then they got a second round pick in twenty twenty. So uh, not not a bad haul for Toffoli, who. Let's be honest, like, he has not really been that good for quite a while. Right, yeah, no, his points just don't ever seem to to get there. I mean, I guess he has 18 goals this year, but... For a player with some of his his uh, classic play-driving stats, according to Evolving Wild, he's not getting home nearly as often as he probably should. Ooh, you're bringing up the good stats. All right. Uh, so yeah, those those are pretty good. Uh, those are pretty good hauls. Uh, I I think that uh, I think that you know a, a premium haul would be good. Uh, it does seem like from all the reporting that they're targeting a center. Yeah, they're definitely targeting a center. And I also read the uh, the trade proposals by Sarah Sibian in the Athletic. And she basically laughed at any trade involving Martin Neckish. Yeah, I was trying to put one in my head. Where you you got you traded, and this would have been like the spiciest stuff imaginable. <laughs> uh, but you would have traded, you would have traded Brodine and Dumba in exchange for Neckis, Jake Gardner, a first round pick, maybe oh. something extra. And, uh, but I couldn't make the money work. That was the that oh, was okay. the up to the trade. That was wow. my that was my dream spicy. That's a blockbuster in every sense of the word. Full-on prospect-brained trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they're going to get a center that's not a center that they end up drafting. So I think that I think that maybe instead of, you know, chasing a center as the main piece in a, in a, in a trade, maybe you're fine taking a first-round pick and a really good prospect on, like, the wing or on defense or, and maybe getting a second-round pick on top of that or something like that. So mm-hmm. um, something like that, and then you use that pick to either move up in the draft to get a center or to just, like, say you have three first-round picks. Okay, fine, center, boom, boom, boom. 
you know, yeah, odds yeah. are one of the these three might turn out. <laughs> You'd hope so. You'd hope, but yeah. all right. Sorry, uh, I'll, I'll move yeah. on. Yep. Next question. Morpheus from the Matrix. Is there anything we can do about goaltending? A bio for Stalock or Dubnik? And will we see any vets take a cut in ice time? Uh, about goaltending, I think um, Dubnik's contract is at a point where it is pretty buyout friendly that if they decided to do something there, they certainly could. Um, as for Staylock, like he might even be more buyout uh, worthy if, if they decide to go that way. Well, you don't even have to buy him out. You can just put him in the minors. You can put you him could in do the that. AHL. You're correct. Yeah, at 785, you could just put him in the AHL. Ultimately, you'd like to see either one of Capo Kakinen or Matt Robson really come up, but it would have really been nice to have snagged either uh, uh, that Jerry kid or uh, Matt Murray from Pittsburgh in that Zucker trade, but uh, I can see why the Penguins didn't want to give any of them up. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, a goaltender who's a free agent this year uh, is Jacob Markstrom from the Vancouver Canucks. I don't, th- I know he's a uh, expiring free agent, unrestricted free agent this summer. And I don't know exactly the state of their no- negotiations. I can't imagine they're going to let him go, but if maybe Garen can swoop in there and uh, figure out goaltending by getting Jacob Markstrom, I think that would be a decent, decent play there. Uh, he's a solid goaltender, not necessarily great, but solid enough, definitely worthy of, of league average. And I think if you get a, a team like the Minnesota wild to play strong in front of them, like they do giving up the um, one of the lowest expected goals um, in, in, in that kind of, um, you know, in, in terms of scoring chances and high danger chances uh, that you could really get Jacob Markstrom to be almost Dubnik like when Dubnik was here the first couple of seasons. And ultimately, and I know you're going to get into this too, Tony, but uh, when you got a player like Akil Kaprasov and uh, some of these other players coming in, it might not be necessarily right now that you need to go for goaltending for next year, but you cannot waste Kirill Kaprasov and any of the other players that you have coming up the the ranks here, or any moves that you make by having crap goaltending. Yeah. Having Kirill Kaprasov on an entry level contract is going to be very valuable if he's as good as we think that he is. Um, but uh, going to, uh, to, to Markstrom, I, I don't know how bad of an idea that would be. I, I think that if you could keep the term short, right? If you could right, keep yeah. it to he's a 30 years term. old. Yeah, he's 30 years old. Uh, he'll turn 31 uh, next January. So um, he, he, he's a, a younger 30. He's not going to be 31 entering training camp next year. But um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to go anything longer than three years on Markstrom uh, or, or any goalie, to be honest with you. Like that would that would scare the bejesus out of me to, to, to do that with any goalie who's, you know, older than 30, especially, but man, right. even older than like 27. Um, if you're going to do, if you're going to do a long-term goalie contract, um, I, I would, I would only do that for someone like a Gibson or a Vasilevsky. So somebody who's like really like young enough so that you're not buying heavily into their thirties. Correct. Yeah. Um, this would be a, Markstrom would be a stopgap. We have uh, to take one more break here before we wrap up the uh, the mailbag. Uh, when we come back, we'll get to more of your questions. You're listening to Locked On Wild. 
Welcome back to Locked On Wild. I am Joe, your host with Tony. Tony, we got more questions, many more questions to get through here before we wrap things up. So why don't we get right into it right away here and uh, and get through these? All right, Johnson from Wisconsin asks, "What do you think about extending Brodine for five years and thirty million dollars, uh, six million per year, not thirty million per year? Of course, this right. isn't Kirk Cousins we're talking about, right? Yeah, and preparing for expansion to go the eight skater one goalie route. If you can I, get Brodine for that contract, do it, like in a heartbeat. Sure." Um, but you also like, shouldn't go into it thinking like, that's what you're going to do either. I think like if somebody comes knocking and gives you a great offer, like you got to take it. So I wouldn't necessarily lock him in like right now or Mm -hmm. anything like that. And even, even if they think that there's a chance that, uh, they can get something for him even before next year's trade deadline or something like there's no rush to trade him right now. All right. NH asks, do you think that sometimes prospects and draft picks are overvalued by fans? Yeah, it's the uh, the backup quarterback situation. <laughs> Everybody likes what's coming up the ranks and and, and likes what they're seeing. Uh, ultimately, that's but what they are as prospects and what they what they uh, signify is hope. I think there's the the wild prospects that have had really good season are offering some decent hope for the future, but we won't really know until they get here. I, so yeah, they're they're overvalued. I 100% have prospect brain right now. I, I sure. I, I I'm so ready for the future. I can just taste the future. I want the future to be here so bad. And even I, with my giant prospect brain, I am going to say yes, yes, it's overvalued. Like, is for example the first round pick and the prospect that uh, that they got for Jason Zucker, Kalen Addison, statistically. Are they both going to be, you know, top six forwards, top four defensemen? No. No, they're not. Like, you're you're buying lottery tickets, and the lottery tickets have a, you know, fairly high failure rate. But what you need to do if you're a team like Minnesota is, you know, there there's no there's no getting better with hockey trades, I don't think. There's no getting better by signing free agents. You just need to amass as many of these guys, these lottery tickets as possible. And eventually you're going to hit, you're going to get the scratchy that gives you, <laughs> uh, that gives you the $500 or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's what I would say is like, yes, they're overvalued, but like, is there anything more valuable right now for the wild? In my mind, I don't think so. Cause I don't think, you're going to like uh like as Sarah Sivian said, you're probably not gonna trade for Martin Neckish. Like you're you're not gonna get like a, a young center. They're not walking through that door. So right. the only way that you're gonna get it is draft one and, and you're only going to you're only going to increase your odds of getting more or of getting that player by getting more picks and prospects, so Yep, it's the whole shotgun method. One of those is bound to hit the target. Yeah, and it sounds crude, but that's that's what you got to do. Like that's which current wild contract would you ideally like to trade away, excluding Parise or Suter? All right, yeah, and I kind of was starting to look things up on this. Like, I'm not worried about Koivu or Galchenyuk; those guys are UFAs. I'm not even worried about uh, Marcus Felino or Ryan Hartman or Donato, who are 
you know, extended past this season? I think the answer is pretty obvious. I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going Mazzuccarello. Here's my question. Whose contract would you rather get rid of right now today? Mazzuccarello or Ryan Suter? Ooh, I still say Zuccarello. You would rather get rid of Zuccarello? Yeah. How about Zuccarello or Parise? Um, I think that's tougher. Yeah. I'd probably I think, I'd probably lean Zuccarello, but I would definitely keep Suter over Zuccarello if I could just if I could just buy out one of their contracts today. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I um ugh, six million for four more years. Moving on, Blue Line again asks any chance of Beckman or Hovanov coming to the big club next year? Which would you prefer for next year? I think that Beckman is still probably a year away. I think he's got the whole teenager thing. Oh, yeah. So that if he if he's not in the NHL, he has to be in juniors. So I see him be, be playing another year in juniors. As for Havanov, we talked about this a little bit when we talked about the um, – I think we had prospect talk a little bit on, on one of the podcasts as well as uh, kind of recapping what John Torchetti said about uh, Havanov after coaching him in Moncton that – you know, Russia is a real thing for Hervanov. And I think that you put him in the pros at the big club as kind of the carrot. Let him play with Kaprasov and and just kind of see what happens. If Kaprasov is really that good, uh, he's going to make Havanov a, a player as well. Um, and I would like to see that happen. Mm-hmm. It's a big step. It's a huge shot in the dark, but... God, if you can just get the two to just click for some weird reason, wouldn't that be just fun? <laughs> and Havanov's a center as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, ooh, ooh, I just had dirty thoughts. <laughs> so, like... Yala Kaprizov, centered by Havanov. I, I don't think that it's a bad thing necessarily to develop a guy in the NHL instead of the AHL. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that there are people who will disagree with me, but I don't think that it's bad. That's what Chicago's doing with Kirby Doc, and Kirby Doc's 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hovanov will be 20 next year. Wasn't um, Debrinket a young player, too, at one time? That yeah, when he came I think into he might have been 19 or 20 when he came into the league. But with Doc, right, he, you, 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 know, you see flashes of brilliance from him. He had a really good game against the Wild that we kind of ooh nod at. But he's got 19 points in 53 games. But you know what? At the same time, like, who cares? Like, he's a rookie. He's on a team that's not expected to win. He's developing. Let him develop around guys like Kane and Taves and and, uh, and, and Saad. And, and those skilled players, like let it give them opportunities to play with those skilled players. Yeah, the Avs did that with uh, with a lot of their current roster players. Is yeah. they they were awful for a bunch of years, where they were one of the worst teams in the NHL history. And look where they're at now. So I wouldn't mind seeing Hovanov uh, there, especially since like he can't go back to juniors. So, right. Um, yeah, I if he wants to be in the in the NHL and he shows that he's ready in camp or at least ready enough that he can develop or, or, or show some chemist show something in training camp. I think it's right. on him to show something in training camp. Well, absolutely. Yeah. If he shows it in training camp, heck yeah, let's 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 go. Let's roll. All right. And uh and my favorite doppelganger, Tony the Demon <laughs> asks 
with guys like Boldy, Beckman, Firstov, Kaprizov, and Fiala all being left-shot wingers, should Bill Guerin focus more on drafting right-shot forwards in the next couple drafts, or should he have a best-player approach much like Fenton seemed to? I think when you're a team that is in the Minnesota Wilds position, and actually really with pretty much all NHL drafts, it is really, really tough to project which player is really going to hit. Obviously, yeah, you'd like to be able to draft for a position of need or a position of, of, I guess, hand strength, uh, much like you can do with the NFL where you can kind of throw a guy on the offensive line the year you draft him and, and he's going to be a stud. NHL is so much harder to do that and just plug guys into your lineup right away. You got to play the long play. Ultimately, yes. Would the Wild like to have more strength with uh, equal handedness? Absolutely. But uh, I think you always got to go best player available approach and, uh, and you make sure that you're hitting on those players. You're drafting almost exclusively unless you have a top 10 pick for two to three years out. And you just don't know what your needs are going to be. Maybe on you know June 24th when you're at the draft, you go heavy on right shot forwards, and all of a sudden you're able to trade for uh, for you know a, a, a stud right shot forward, for example. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like maybe you passed on somebody better. Maybe in fact, like maybe you passed on a defenseman or a goalie too. Like those are positions of need in the wild system as well. You know, yep. you don't want to you don't want to get too zeroed in on one position if it's a tie if it's genuinely a tie like maybe something like that can be a determining factor but at at the same time like you know if you think that you have a guy who has a uh a 10 percent chance of being a star 50 percent chance of being a good player versus a guy with like a 5% chance of being a star and a 45% chance of being a good player. But that player is like a right shot. I I'm saying like draft player a. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, Tony, that's probably gonna do it for this week's mailbag. Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ohio Tony. You can find my work at the athletic Minnesota. All right. And you can find me on Twitter at Joe boo one five. Also zonecoverage.com is where you can find all my work. And uh, that's going to do it for today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit the subscribe button and make sure that your device sends it to you every single time there's a new episode and you will not have to do any extra work. Uh, If you uh, are listening on iTunes or really any podcast service you use, please leave a review and a rating. We do appreciate reading the reviews and we do appreciate all the ratings as it does help us get found by other wild fans such as yourself. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. You can also get in touch with us via email, like I had mentioned last segment. Just email us up, uh, to our inbox, lockedonwild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day. <laughs>